Hi, it's John Taffer from Bar Rescue. Did you know the second building in America was a tavern? When I built my new restaurant franchise concept, Taffer's Tavern, I thought back to the roots of what makes a tavern a tavern. Timeless character. All while delivering an unbelievably delicious food and beverage experience. That paired with my 40 plus years in the industry provides a clear roadmap to success. Do you have what it takes to be a Taffer's Tavern franchisee? If so, I'd love to hear from you. Visit franchise.tafferstavern.com. Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Products sold separately. Hey everyone, this is the Almost World Podcast. Bringing to you mind-blowing interviews with guests from all over the world. So settle down, relax, and enjoy the show. Oh yeah, by the way, if you like the podcast, please support Elmo's World Podcast on Patreon. Your support is what helps the podcast improve more and more. Welcome to Elmo's World Podcast. I am Elmo and I'm with my awesome friend here, Sean Byrne. Hey man, can you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Sean Byrne. Nice to meet you all. All right, and uh, Sean, so um, I'm looking forward to our conversation here. And uh, we talked a bit about earlier before the podcast, we started the interview, about, and that we would cover panpsychism, consciousness, you know, and um, morals and ethics. Can you tell me, um, uh, uh, you know, in a, in a nutshell, wh- how did you uh get to where you are right now in terms of your philosophical journey from when you were a child to today i grew up kind of um in a little bit of ghetto area back in the 60s in grand rapids i live in greenville michigan now in the united states and um so there was a lot going on in the area era in which i grew up um a lot of people were doing psychedelic drugs and um there was a lot of cultural uh changes and a lot of violence and things like that um i remember my dad actually being shot at during the riots in 1967 so it was a very um turbulent time and i think as i grew up um my family was a christian family we were irish catholics and as i progressed through things i began to see things a little differently than most people i knew um I looked at religion at first, I seen it was totally sensible. I was able to see that intelligent design made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the way genetics are, it's like um, a, a data stream that designed us. And you can see that it must take a designer to do such a thing, to create such a thing. But as I got a little older, I started finding flaws in that theory. Um, I was able to see that a lot of the people, when I looked at them that were following this philosophy of Christianity, 
through the Bible and such things were going down a path that seemed to leave them bitter and full of hatred. Um, most of the Christians that I ran into and religious people seemed to have a problem. And I couldn't quite identify where this was coming from, but I could see it very clearly that a lot of these people were un unhappy and it was like they were, you know, we're special and you're not. Um, maybe it was because I was not a rich person and a lot of these people that were religious around me were also very, you know, upper class compared to what I was. I was very poor growing up. So it was kind of interesting. Um, as I continued on through life um, into my 20s, I started to really see what was wrong with religion, um, what caused these people to become really deeply ingrained, like us versus them mentality, uh, like, like what we've seen with the Republicans with Donald Trump recently. There's a lot of us versus them and them too. So what really kind of set it back for me was, if I think about it, um, you know, if any one thing, it wasn't just that, it was why people believe things that started to come to be really clearly what was wrong. I seen that the reason people were religious was because either they were just brought up that way and they weren't able to see the depth of their beliefs beyond just, um, like, the fact that they had been brought there by the current of who they were, the current of the context of their lives, you know, they were just brought into this and um, it had to, uh, if they had been born anywhere else, they would have um, become a different person with a different religion. You know, it wasn't like they seen something that was real. It was, they believed it because of, what brought them to it, like the stream of their environment brought them to it. But when it comes down to looking at, you know, like if you want to talk about God, what is God? Um, could you answer that? Well, I guess I would set, settle for the definition, the classic, the classical definition of the uh, the uncaused cause, you know, the a personal God with the uh, full agency and actual being, uh, of course, um with the omni the, the omnis and everything right yeah. so omnipresent omniscious um and good it'd have to be a good god wouldn't it yeah. if you yeah. believed in a god it would have to like want the best for you and the best for basically humanity and mm -hmm. things like that um but if you're believing in this simply because you were brought to it by the circumstances of your life rather than by actually coming across such an entity you know um we, we tend to believe in these things because the books we read um the other people that we talk to that you know they tell us well you have to go to church today you have to listen to this no this is right you know without actually allowing you to think about it for yourself um I don't think many of us have ever walked up and had like a burning bush in front of us say hey I'm God hi how are you you know, that's just not a part of our experience. So we're believing for other reasons than our experiences themselves. We're believing things because we're told by an authority or because we want to belong to a group 
you know, like a church or something like that. Mm-hmm. And really, are those good reasons to believe in something, you know, because of what you want, your desire to belong or to be obedient. And when you believe things because of these reasons, what does that do to you? You know, what does that do to your belief system? Um, next thing you know, you're believing things because, you know, oh, all these people say that black people are terrible and Jewish people are terrible, but I'm belonging to this group. So I better be more a part of that and believe what they believe. It kind of winds up being a very corrupting influence on you. And, you know, a lot of why you believe things is how your morals are formed. Um, before we get into that, I guess I should tell you what I think morals are. Would that be okay? Yeah, no problem, man. Go for it. Okay. Um, so when a person is born, they're born with basically totally helpless. They have no ability to do anything for themselves at all, except for basically just breathe. Hell, you even get spanked and then you can breathe. So as you mature a little bit, you get a little older, you get other people around you. Your parents take care of you almost 100% at first. But as you get a little older, you start to share with other children. You know, you start to talk with people and relate to them. And there's a dependency thing where you become slightly more independent over time. Um, morals are a part of that system right there. As you mature, you begin to balance your interests with other people. And morals are basically a balance of interests, but they're a balance of interests within a social system. Um, and it turns out as you get older that it's more like a social immunity system because it keeps society healthy if you're moral because you can work with other people better. So I, I view morals as a social immune system, basically, and ethics as well. So as you develop your maturity, you know, to like the farthest ends of it, you become responsible for your society, you become responsible for the people around you. And that's that's pretty much the heights of morality when you are able to take responsibility and you care about other people. You know, you have love for your society or love for other people and they begin to mean more to you, like your children mean more to you than your own very life. You know, and not because your life's not valuable, but just because you see higher principles, you know. So so these are like where morality comes from and what it is as it uh, changes and grows through maturity. Um, so if you're developing your belief systems at a young age and you're taught at that young age while you're still very influenceable and um a lot of it's dependent on what other people put into you that excuse me that um influence can corrupt you if if you're taught to not balance interests in quite the right way you're doing it because you want to belong to a group those are not really good reasons for doing that and it kind of corrupts your moral system itself do you understand what I'm saying? Well, um, when you say higher principles, you know, um, I, I, I really can't, I don't, you know, understand what you mean by higher principles. Uh, do you mean like, um, like a transcendent morality? A transcendent? No, no, not at all. I'm, I'm talking about um, 
basically socialization, um, you know, uh, a father's love for their family. I guess you could call that a transcendent morality, but it's not really transcending much other than just, you know, lower maturity systems, if you know what I mean. Um, so, you know, you could, you could cause that system to have problems if you're just being moral so that you can, you know, like if you're believing things like um, white people are all special or, you know, us Jewish people are all special, you know, so that you belong to a group and you just protect that group. That, that's kind of uh, a corrupted moral system, in my opinion. And it can be, I mean, I've dealt with Calvinists that say that, you know, um, we've earned our place and God treats us right and we're rich because we deserve to be because, you know, I'm, I'm in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where we have this huge Dutch community, um, Christian Reformed Church. And we get a lot of that from the Calvinists here, you know. Um, Hey, if you ain't Dutch, you ain't much, you know, that kind of thing. They have a very tightly knit group that's based upon belonging together, working together as a group. Now, those are good things, but they're not such good things when they're the reason you form your beliefs. You know, it's, it's not a good reason to believe that God exists and that you're special. So you have a right to go kill other people and other lands because you're God's chosen. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Okay. You see uh, how that could mess yeah. up your morality. Mm. I, I I see your point here, right? Uh, for example, um, if if uh, if people's moral system are ingrained in some sort of uh, narcissism, right, of beings of supremacy, because yes. of of being this of divinely chosen, you know, and if if it does uh, bring about negative effects to other people, that is that is, that you know is actually is opposite of what Christianity should be. And I would say that is detrimental. But uh, when you say you know you mentioned that um, these are, seem to be corrupted moral systems. So when you say yes. corrupted, then you are able you are able to identify a corrupted moral system from not from one that isn't. So what would be your standard for a, now, a good moral system? As I was pointing out, to me, it's like an immune system. It works exactly. Your morals are like an immune system. And on a social level, your ethics are like an immune system. An immune so, system. What do you mean by that? System. Okay, your body has an immune system. And when you've got, um, it's been taken over by a virus, basically. Um, mm -hmm. I, I hate to call religion a virus, but that's pretty much what it looks like to me, is when a person's moral immune system is taken over by a virus such as in a religion and it forces the system to use the wrong things to control it you know what i mean in other words you're, how do you're you like, how do you know what's the right thing in, you know in your moral well, framework and in, in my moral framework there's scientific principles such as your experience. If you re, if you can experience the same thing over again and again, like you can take tape measure and you can measure it. That's the same thing. It's quantifiable. Yeah, but, but qualia isn't quantifiable. Qualia is not quantifiable. It's not. 
Um, I don't yeah. know about that. Can uh, you put it in a, uh, in a laboratory and, uh, you know, and test it? So uh, you can make you testable can compare, predictions. You can compare people and one person saying, oh, yeah, that's uh, how green do you know yes, that's blue. You can do the same thing with um, a person's ethics. Um, you can see if religion influences a person's ethics. Um, in 2005, the um, United Nations did a report on which nations were um, Christian and which are religious and which ones were secular. And they found that all the top nations that were like tops in health, child um, survival rates, uh, you know, all the levels of decency, basically. Well, there are other home. variables to that, right? Like, for example, you know, the his history, you know, uh, natural resources, uh, wars, who won the outcomes of wars and colonialism and a lot of other stuff. Sure, there's there's a lot of things involved there. Um, so um, how can you truly, you know, root out which one is not is... causation. I agree with you there too. Yeah. Uh, um, so does that invalidate your argument about no, no, not at all. That? Not at all. Um, there's, you know, in America we have a place called the uh, Bible Belt. And if you check out the um, figures on like teen pregnancy, AIDS, uh, drug use, and all that, you'll find it's a lot higher in the Bible Belt than anywhere else in the U.S., you know. And again, sure, maybe that's just correlation versus causation. But then again, mm -hmm. maybe the fact that these people are being taught to believe things because of the need to belong or the desire to be obedient right. to some authority rather right. than because of what actually is. Sean, Sean, I, I would like to, you know, slow down a bit, you know, because yeah. and uh, I, I can see where you're going here, right? Right. But um, I want to understand your worldview other than it being um, as okay. a, in contrast to, of course, the the worldview that you're opposing, which is let's, of course let's, the religious let's ones. Get away from religion for a minute, all right? All right, yeah. Let's okay. let's talk about more um what I call consciousness or panpsychism. Okay. All let's right. look yeah, into I'll, that a little further. So uh, right? my, my first question would be, right? Like um, you know, you don't believe in a God, right? What is a God? Again. That, mm. That's a good question there. In order to believe in a God, I would have to define a it. classical now. definition of God. You don't believe in a personal God. Your definition of God might be a little different than mine. Um, let me just mm. let me uh, describe what consciousness is to you from my eyes, okay? Because that'll tell you what I think about God, if I can go okay. down that path a little bit. All right. right. So consciousness is any system that selects from its environment to create a pattern of continuity for itself. Um, what that means is that, you know, every choice you make makes you who you are, basically, because when you wake up in the morning, you're still the same person because of what you've grown into your body and all these choices you're made. You know, what you decide to do every day tomorrow, that continuity is going to give you, oh, you're going to have breakfast the same way. You're going to like your coffee the same way. All these things make you what you are. The fact that any system that has that um, need to have a pattern of continuity is conscious is kind of important um trying to think where i was at so when i think you're when you what you're where you're taking this is the universe itself is made of con of the same material as consciousness That's exactly where i'm heading 
Um, okay. Okay. So let's let's say that the universe itself is a system that creates a pattern of continuity. Now you could say that what the judge of that system is the spirit of it. So my judge, what I do, what creates my thoughts, the voice in my mind is my spirit. Um, if the universe has a spirit like that, you could call that a God, in my opinion. And that would be just fine to say that the universe has a consciousness that has a judge within it that decides what it's going to select, what it wants. When you say the universe has consciousness, I, I would say that's very, very different from the universe is consciousness right so when you say how universe has that you would you are you referring to something like a like a dualistic uh you know where, no. where there's a okay so what what's no. where are you referring no, I, to? I tend to view myself as a neutral monist a monist i see yes when neutral, you say monist, neutral, what does that mean what that means is that there's one universe and what we see is what there basically is you're you don't have like uh different universes or a supernatural you know affecting this world that kind of thing this is just neutral we're one thing and it has no other um energies to it besides the one thing that we are um so if you want to call god that i could understand that and you know i wouldn't have a problem with it you'd have to show me that the universe itself is conscious though and i don't know if i've got that kind of um reach to see that to prove it i know that consciousness exists and i do believe that consciousness exists consciousness does exist within everything because i've gone through experiences myself that have brought me to very deep depths of seeing things like that you know, I don't think everybody experiences that. So that that kind of puts me a little farther out than some people, but yeah, that's just who I am. Let me go a little further on that one. Um, let's let's start with a simple thing like a spider. Um, is a spider intelligent and conscious? How intelligent and conscious are they? You know, how how do we measure that? Um, what? There's different ways of doing it. I was reading a book by Michu Kaku, and he put five different levels on it, saying that um, consciousness depends on how many levels, how many layers, basically, of consciousness you have. For instance, your brain has trillions of synapses, and all these synapses work on different levels, creating um, what they call hidden Markov models which are hundreds of thousands of these neurons working together for one type of pattern. And then all these different types of patterns form larger groups and all those very larger groups. And there's different levels of that. Now they say we can measure consciousness by its depth of how many levels it has. Um, that, that's a pretty interesting way to do it. But if you look at the human body itself, you'll find that nowadays they're talking about the vagus nerve as being a system of intelligence within your body that's actually almost as powerful, some people say more powerful than the brain neurons are in creating who you are, your system as a self. And again, I, I say that the self in your system is your voice that allows you to act as a individuality, a, a oneness. Uh, I, I don't like 
the ego term, I, I find it loses too much. Um, you know, because then you want to talk about super ego and the id and you know, or the death of the ego. And to me, these these concepts are all something that somebody came up with. They're just outside of my scope of what I see as real. Um, I, I prefer it, it's funny because I, I really don't like religion, but I do like the term spirit. And I also like the term soul, um, because if you're a pattern of continuity, a pattern is something that is substrate independent and mm. it's copyable and transferable. Mm. So if, if, if you are a pattern, that pattern is copyable and transferable. All you need is a way to transfer it. Yeah. Yeah. When you say, you know, I or you, and you know, like referring to this, these souls, right? Um, I would say I would have to ask, like, and you know, these definitions would require an essence, right? What is the what is essentially me or essentially you? Um, I don't think so. I think the spirit is more of an essence than a pattern. Then what is the spirit, though? The spirit is the judge of the system. It's it's. I think it comes from the pattern. Um, it's emergent. It's, it's emergent from the pattern, but it's it's allowing the pattern to judge so the, so it's the metaphysical. actions of the system. It's mm, not metaphysical, I wouldn't say. Uh, emergent doesn't necessarily mean metaphysical. It's you know uh, very easy to see it in all kinds of scientific principles, such as water, hydrogen, and oxygen together. It's wet. You know that's an emergent so, phenomenon. So wet, wetness, though, is a property. Right, it's metaphysical as well. It's a property. Uh, you would consider properties to be metaphysical. Well, be, like the like the 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 the, um, the con, you know, the idea of something being wet is, in fact, um, you know, it just qualia again in our in our minds, right? Yeah, it's, it's a way of experiencing. Yeah, uh, qualia. Yeah. Um, some of those some of those concepts i don't know you know uh, if it's metaphysical or not uh, we're getting yeah. into um you know just how we say it semantics well, it's, it seems to me you know like um we have to differentiate first like the the uh, phenomenal world and then the the noumenal world you are familiar with this one yes i am yes mm. so um, uh noumenal yeah. is like the soul basically as well or or the spirit you know so and yeah uh they're they're different things Definitely. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, by definition, though, I, uh, I, um, I haven't read about this much, but uh, the noumenal world is the the world like the object itself, right? The the thing in itself, which is the ontological world. But when you say the phenomenal world, that's how that's the how our consciousness interprets it, and that's you know that's sort of the the every the sense how the so stimuli the map in the territory. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm not so sure. Uh, those two get confused quite a bit, you know, by by just about um, everybody. It's hard to say sometimes which is the map and which is the territory when so, you're on. Okay, on that so scale of so just to recap, right? Like, um, so you believe that the universe is consciousness, right? And and then do or you would call I, the the essence I, of human beings? I would beings? state it differently. Yeah. I would state that there is mm -hmm. consciousness throughout the universe at every level. And that that consciousness, I don't care if it's like at a microscopic level, um, you'll find consciousness there. I, I'll give you an example of that uh, a little later. Um, 
mTOR. Mm-hmm. M- the the uh, the thing mTOR acts in ways that you don't you just have to say it's conscious because of the ability of it to make choices and do a million different things differently depending on circumstances and make selections in a process you know just like we were talking about to create patterns it does all that um and that's at a microscopic level and i think the farther you go down you'll still see the same things happening over and over that you have conscious entities It takes a lot of ingredients to fix or build a car, like cooking, but without the frozen dinner easy way out. eBay Motors has 122 million parts. It's always the right fitment, so you can follow any recipe to a T. Whether it's a vintage Italian coupe that's classic like grandma's meatballs, or a German luxury car that's as complicated as Oma's Rouladen, to cook up something great in the garage, use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with carrier. Products sold separately. Is acting upon the environment in that way and that they're, you know, although they're living completely different lives than we are, they are living, you know, to me, that's how I see it. Mm-hmm. So saying the con- the universe is consciousness, you could put it that way. Do, but it's, it's uh, the microorganisms have consciousness? Yes, many of them do. Maybe all of them. I'm not sure. Uh, I've... I've got some links to give you that will kind of follow that idea up quite well so that it's understandable. Um, mTOR is one of the examples I got from John Leaf, MD, mm-hmm. on his Do website. Do non-living things have consciousness? What's that? Do non-living things have consciousness, like a rock? Um, there's geodes that actually alter their environment so that lightning's more likely to strike it. That way they grow more geodes out of oh, the yes. soil. Have you ever heard of that one? No. Um... That's, that's kind of the same definition. Um, you can call it mechanistic because it's rocks doing it. But to me, that seems to be, you know, saying anything that's not human can't be conscious or not like us. You know what I mean? But it's doing the same thing. It is a system creating a pattern of continuity for itself by selecting different things from its environment. Um, I can actually give you links on that too, to tell you the truth. Okay. Um, mm. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of examples of microorganisms affecting the environment in order to get something out of it in the way it wants to get something out of it so that it, creates a pattern of continuity for itself. So you see, you're saying that uh, microorganisms have wants? They, uh, yes. Uh, if, if it's selecting, if it's making a selection progress a selection. process, then that means it has a want, a need. So selection seems to, be, seems to have, um, would, you know, by definition, selection would require some sort of intentionality. Do you think that microorganisms right. have intentionality? Yes. Yes, that is exactly what I'm saying. Hmm. Um, but, but of course, you, it's you different, can, like from a human kind of intentionality, right? Like oh, they're not humans, so yes. But hmm. uh, you have you have 
intentionality and basically warfare going in on your body, going on in your body at all times. And that's all microorganisms. You know, you get into your gut bacteria and what it's doing, and it's actually sending signals up to your brain to make you make decisions in certain ways so that you'll do certain things so that it gets what it wants, you know, taste, you know, what you feel like eating today. That's microorganisms operating to get what they want through you. And they do it. We've got funguses that communicate with trees that help trees communicate. They're all through the ground everywhere, just trillions and trillions of these funguses that are communicating with trees and they're all doing it out of personal interests and the mm. trees are communicating them so you got this whole environment sitting there communicating and the soil does it in different ways uh i think about what the sun is like okay you know? yeah my, my question though like let's say i you know i'm i'm a person with consciousness right my consciousness in my brain is in my brain right yes but yes. uh, what if if I die, will I lose that consciousness, or does it just diminish? The consciousness isn't just in your brain, though. It's a pattern of selections that you've made throughout your life. That pattern of continuity, that pattern remains, even though the consciousness in your brain is gone. Because when your brain dies, man, everything that was in it, it's out of there. It's gone. It's gone on to a different energy form, whatever it does. You know, when you're dead, you're dead. But who you are isn't just your physical body. It isn't just your brain. It's also the patterns of energy, mm -hmm. the selection patterns, things like that. Now, if you were to take, you know, there's a lot of people that are um, geeky science types that now think that we will be able to upload personalities. And basically, this is the way it'll be done. You'll take everything that you've ever done, which is in your memory, and they will try to read that out of there and put it into a computer that's sophisticated enough to accept it. Now, is this being done by nature in some way that we don't know about right now? I think so, personally. But, you know, because I've had experiences where, like, I've run into things that have asked me who I was and communicated with things that were a lot bigger than what I am spiritually wise. And, and they've convinced me that this is the case, but this is through repeatable experiences, not because people telling me, you know what I mean? Mm, I so I, I tend to take these ideas of mine that are from experiences I've had and say, yeah, these are real, you know? And I think those are good reasons to say they're real. If you've experienced the same thing over and over and over again which i have mm -hmm. so uh, you know if, if you are uh, you know, as you say the neutral monist and uh, of course uh, uh so uh you believe in panpsychism right yes. what are the the i guess the uh, into logical entailments to your ethics here and that's exactly where i wanted to go with it so it, it becomes a weird thing because you're kind of on a cutting edge of what is right um mm -hmm. you know I, I ask myself, is eating meat okay? Um, is tearing down our forests okay? You know, we, we do a lot of things in our lives and we wonder, you know, how, how are we so ignorant of our environment that we don't even know what's right and what's wrong? Um, it's about significance. Uh, significance is a very interesting thing that I'm just starting to really get interested in. I'm going to study really hard pretty quick here. Uh, insignificance um 
are the trees around us insignificant or are they valuable enough for us to start trying to communicate with? You know, what should we be trying to communicate with? Should we be trying to talk to spiders and wasps and things like that? I do. Um, I don't know many people that actually try to communicate with these things. Um, I've had a lot of success with it. I can tell you stories that are just crazy. Um, one time I was out in my backyard listening to some music, drinking a beer, and a bunch of bees came over and started drinking wine with me. Um, it was wine, not beer. And it was like being at a bar watching all these crazy things. They were having fights. They were dancing. They were flying and crashing. Um, it was really interesting to watch. They were so much like people. You got to ask yourself, is every insignificant thing to us also conscious with the life like yours? And how deep does it go? You know, should something just because we are us be significant to us? Or what about things that are farther away, but to themselves, they are just as important as you are? Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm significance is an important thing so when you're talking about morals you're looking at a system where you're balancing interests and when you start to say wow these other things may have more significance than I gave right um i think you're presupposing significance here to be to be already there it could be the case that you know nihilists could be right and there would actually be no such thing as existence or significance so um, so to me, hmm. what is significance to me is that which is closest to me. Closest. And that's the way that's that's right, which is most like me. Um, my children are closest to me. They're a lot like me. I have a lot in common with them more than with anybody else in the world. You know, um, my wife, my mom, my dad, my family, they're very close, very significant to me. The farther things get away from you, the less significance they have to you. And that has a lot to do with your morality. Um, when you're balancing interests, the things that are closest to you, like your family, have the most similar interests to yours. As things get farther away from you, the interests are less. A monkey's not as important to me as my children, for sure, you know. So you go down to ants and things. We walk down the street. We don't even think twice. You know, we step on a million things every moment, basically. They're insignificant. They have no significance to us. Hmm. So you start to see these balances when you're looking at it that way. So um, well, um, are you, you're, I guess, like um, c- concluding this with uh, uh, as one, of the, the, uh, one of the solutions to your, you know, ma- making these little, little guys, the, the ones that we would ignore daily, to have significance and we would uh, give them significance by being vegan or and eco- being more eco-friendly or what's your what's the direction you're going here so respect you know what is respect when it comes to an ant you know how how respectful do you have to be i i think you have to have a general respect for all life you know but you also have a balance you have your own interests you got to live your life so you do but to be aware of the fact that there's consciousness out there, I think, re- raises the level of significance these things have to you and makes it easier for you to understand that the world is important itself, that we live in, that we have to balance our own interests with that of the planet. 
it becomes more important to you when you see the smaller aspects as individuals, the, the significance rises a little bit. And I think that's a, a really necessary, important thing for our future. I think it's going to be necessary if we manage to get into outer space to be able to look at aliens and say, you know, you're not just something I should enslave and take everything away from, you know, like we've done for so long to so many places. Hmm. Okay. And uh, so uh, you are, this is the basis of your moral system then, like respect, respect, right? Respect and balance. Yes. Hmm. So but when you also, say balance, what do you mean by that? Balance is, is a very deep subject, actually. Um, yeah, because, you know, if you look at history, right, there there is actually no such thing as, as this balance of nature when it comes from a naturalistic perspective. No, everything right? eats everything else. Exactly. So there, yeah. so it's survival of the fittest. So the, yes. the, this balance that you're referring to, it's, uh, it's an illusion. No, it's an emergent property. An emergent property. What do you mean by yeah. that? Um, you, you have to look at nature as data, basically, to get to that point to understand that. Um, you know, what is evolution? Evolution is when things start cooperating and sharing data. Evolution is um, biological. Evolution is, is simply mutations, right? That's all that it is. No, it's it's mutation of and survival of the fittest, the successful things. Um, cool. And one of the ways things survive is to be cooperative. And cooperation well, is it, it, not necessarily not necessarily cooperation. Like um, you know, microorganisms don't cooperate. They just okay. uh, they, they just randomly, you know. The, the, and yet you're made out of them. Your 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 heart is made out of microorganisms. Your stomach is made out of microorganisms. They all work together. They all evolved over time to be what they are within all kinds of different systems. I'd say there's some balance there and that there's some cooperation as well at that level. Even there's there's cooperation like that at many levels. And it it takes give and take trade. You know, there's trade off of um, needs between them mm -hmm. why that's why so, cats look less dogs look so, less because so we how about this right time. like um what if uh, if why if i use your argument and say like okay we humans right we uh we cooperated and evolved to be this way so you know our nature to be to, to be abusive to take advantage of other creatures you know like microorganisms are viruses they devour other cells and then everything right so that's balance you know they evolved to be that way that that i, that's I see this. it yeah i see it this way there's two there's two flows um you know what the dow is yeah, it's a the black Dao. and white, right? Right, Tao and the Dao. Um, yeah. No, the Dao is the um, the uh, flow of energy, the flow of context in nature. Okay, mm -hmm. I think there's two forms to the Dao: the black and the white, like you were saying. But I call it entropy and extropy. Entropy, chaos and order. Chaos and order. You got it. Chaos and complexity. You know, one one everything falls down and and becomes actually less chaotic. It becomes mm -hmm. more ordered, but um, contextually uniform, which means it turns into basically nothingness, heat, death. You know, and it's got the opposite extropy, where it becomes more chaotic and 
beautiful. Basically, um, it evolves to a higher state of information where it has more meaning. It has um, emergent properties. So, so when it comes between, to human beings, you know, acting to by their, you know, and in the same way, you know, according to their nature, which is that, you know, they, we would survival the fittest and everything, right? This is balance, as you would both say. Ways, though. We follow both paths. And some of us, you know, tend to follow more toward the um, rats in the barrel path where they try to just mm. out everybody else and they all die in the barrel because none of them cooperate enough. Well, you from know? your worldview, there's nothing, nothing wrong with that. They're just, you know, following the evolution, the, the, the balance that's within them, right? No, in that's not true. I see that as being out of balance. I see my point of view is that extropy is better to live the more chaotic life to have complexity of information and cooperation that leads to higher levels um, emergent conditions that kind of thing if you mm. you know just live a rats in a barrel life where mm. you try to outcompete everybody else you don't really care about them at all and you'll kill them off just so you can stand above them i don't care for that i see that as being a very defeatist Wait a little. Uh, I, I uh, one question, right? Like, um, can microorganisms have two flows the same as humans, right? Or other animals? Can a lion have like the the extropy and entropy thing that that you were saying humans have as well? Um, I think that there might be more to it than that. Um, what do you mean? If if each individual is seen as a modality, um a pinpoint of individualism, then you will see that there's a kaleidoscopic vision set up in the eternal flow of chaos, of context. So what does that mean? That means that it's going to be different from every viewpoint of every consciousness. So lions are going to definitely be different in the way they see things than what people are. And, you know, monkeys are going to be seeing it from a monkey perspective. I see it from my perspective. You see it from yours. You know what I mean? So it's not going to be really comparable always that way. And yet we have a lot in common. You know, there's a lot of commonality. It brings me back to that spider story I was trying to tell you earlier. Um, to find out that a spider has the ability to make choices and communicate with you about things, I I'll have to tell you that story some other time, but you find out that there's commonalities at levels that you can be really surprised by them seeing things the exact same way you do. You know, they value their lives the same way you value yours. They have feelings, you know, and they have love and hatred and all that fear, mm -hmm. even at those little levels. So we have a lot of commonalities. Do you, you think know, the animals have like, um, you know, let's say envy. Absolutely. Like microorganisms, do you think they have envy? I don't know. I haven't been able to communicate with them. Well, I can fairly say they don't. You know, they don't. It requires a complexity in terms of with the like brain. I would, I would organs. guess that you're right, but I've been proven mm. wrong before, so it would. I wouldn't say it. I okay. So that's when we talk about um probabilities rather than certainties um if we're going to talk about like that we'd say how likely is it you know what is what is the likelihood and can we actually measure that likelihood so you know, can and, we measure it 
I don't know. I don't think we can yet, but I think we're heading toward where we will be able to very soon. Um, there's been a lot of research done on it lately that was never in existence before. I mean, like in the last 20 years, people have learned so much about the nature of intelligence and consciousness at scale that was never there before. So I think we're, we're heading to where we're going to understand quite a bit more about that very soon. We're not there yet, though, but we're getting there. So I'd put the probability of them having that probably higher than most people would. And I would say we're really likely to find out within the next 20 years anyway. And then going back to your point, right, like I asked you, um, you said that humans are able to choose between uh, extropy and entropy right yes and, and uh, you would go for extropy and i ask you like do uh, animals or non maybe even non-living things have the same choice as humans and you say that you know we there we have different perspectives so it uh, it would uh, appear differently from a monkey's perspective or lions or uh, i was i was surprised to find out the other day that um crows have murder trials um they have trials where they kill off the, the person or the, um, the other crow if they don't like what it did. Um, like for instance, if it stole food from a younger one, they will actually kill the other crow for that. Did you know that? So maybe things like that happen at you know lower levels as well. Um, we don't know it. We haven't never tested germs to see if, you know, like these bunch of germs over here get tired of the behavior of that one and take it out. Uh, crows actually do it. Um, I think lions do that too. So it's possible. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in 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 terms of this, you uh you, that your point being with about crows having murder trials that you know they they also have accountabilities in their own systems. Yes. Yes, they do. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's a really fascinating subject. If you start looking into animal intelligence, you find out a lot of things. Um, it takes a bit of research and time, but mm. there's there's mm. some really interesting deep things to find. So um, I would ask you though, like, what would be the, the action for you know, for, let's say you know, you saying like extra P is better for in the that would be that would apply for human, you know, civilization yeah. as well. Right. So what would extra continuous extra P in, in, in human progress look like? I think that we are heading toward the ability to create new universes. Um, new through, universes. Wow. Through simulations. Um, simulations. They say, yeah. They say that if you have a computer the size of Jupiter, you could literally recreate the universe in the form of data that would be un, untellable from the one we have. So I think we're kind of heading in that direction where, you know, me or you might be able to walk through this screen someday into another universe that is no way you can tell it from this one. You know, yeah. that's, that's kind of where it's heading. And that would make sense that extropy is bringing us that type of complexity so that it can create new universes. Maybe, you know, there's your creator right there. Is that God? Maybe, who knows? You know, that's another place where I could say, yeah, that kind of fits that definition. You know, there's, there's places like that, but I don't really ever see them as being this 
guy that, you know, like flooded the world and put the sold guy on a boat. You know what I mean? Uh, quite a bit different looking, those two different gods. Mm-hmm. I see. And uh, so this is all pretty interesting. So um, I would uh, also, I uh, guess, w- want to direct this to uh, the 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 first topic that we talked about, which is the your uh, your ju- ju- I guess um, in contrast to religion, and you said that it's sort of like a virus in the system that we have. Like, how can you go back to those points? Uh, sure. I think that if you're a religious person, you're more likely to wind up in prison for doing things that are, you know, like quite immoral and unethical. Uh, I mean, other people do it out of ignorance, but I, th- I think that, you know, societies that are affected by religion, they tend to be, you know, ran by people that actually don't care about other people as much as they do about their own group of people that they think are special you know so that's pretty much where you go with that i i think religion corrupts people i it's it's totally because they're taught to believe things for the wrong reasons um not because they can measure this or that or because they've experienced it over and over not because it makes sense logically where they can actually prove that this happens over and over you know there's reasons to believe things believing in you know things for the wrong reasons tends to make a person go off track and it it disturbs that balance of interests with others it if it's a immune system it corrupts that immune system and makes it sick Mm -hmm. i see and uh well sean this is all really interesting and i wish i could have more time with you but um one, one last question bro because uh so, you know, we can wrap this up. And um, I guess that would be, you know, you being someone who believes all these things, right? And seeing that, you know, that religion is a problem from your perspective as well. But you also have to have developed your own moral and ethical framework that is uh, based on, you know, viewing the universe as one big system as well that, you know, you could actually define uh, as God even, right? And uh so how how would you you know being an individual that you are i guess move forward with all of this in mind um i would say just you know keep living the way i do and Mm. go further and further into my investigations into what is the nature of consciousness what is the direction we're having Mm. how can we help people to have healthier happier lives you know just making the world a better place how how can we help the world to grow and and be healthy because i think that's what it really comes down to is you know we can live in a healthy society and we can fight for that or we can just give up and and be selfish and you know try to make sure we belong because we're afraid you know to think for ourselves and get out there and look at what's really there you know Mm, awesome all right and john do you have anything to promote like uh maybe links that you are or, uh, um, i do have links yeah. that i like real well um there's uh a site for john j-o-n leaf l-i-e-f-m-b it's a blog 
and he talks about a lot of this panpsychism stuff that I've been talking about and, and consciousness and intelligence on those scales. Um, you know, that, that'd be the main one. I'd, I'd leave you with that. Awesome. All right, then. Well, Sean, um, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And this has been a lot very interesting. And, uh, you know, I'm actually planning on like a, on a, like a public debate uh, event. But um, yep. and, uh, I hope that you can join yeah, <laughs> but I still in the brink, you know, of uh, being conceptualized. But thank you so much, Sean. And yeah, you're um, hope you have a great day, bro. So that's the end of it. Thanks for tuning in, guys. This is your host, Elmo Ador Jr. And thank you for listening in. And please subscribe. Please follow us on Facebook. Please, please follow this. Please. Thanks. It used to be hard to find the exact auto parts you needed, and that meant spending a lot of time at swap meets. It's a different game now when you can order exactly what you need from eBay Motors. They have 122 million parts, so you can always find the right fitment. Spend less time searching and more time building with the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with carrier. Products sold separately.